Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of About Abroad, where it's my job to introduce you to people who have built amazing lives for themselves in various foreign corners of the globe. We're talking with expats and thought leaders about moving abroad, remote work, visas, and all the fun and practical knowledge that you need to know to follow in their footsteps. If you've ever dreamed of making a life for yourself overseas, maybe working remotely or embracing long-term travel, retiring or studying abroad, or even just taking a peek inside life beyond your borders, you've landed in the right place. My guest today is my new friend, David Comfort, who joins me from beautiful Costa Rica, literally one of the best places in the world for people looking to move abroad and and start a new life in a foreign place. Costa Rica has quite a bit to offer. So we dive into all of that and we go real deep on what's called Rise Costa Rica or Rise for short, which is David's community and project that he's the lead principal on. He's built this incredible life for himself in the beautiful mountains of Costa Rica. And there are families from all over the world joining him there. They have everything in place to build a beautiful community with school in place for the children, activity centers, lots of community events, ton of things going on there. And uh, not least of which is the great cost of living. And uh, as David says, higher quality of life. So pretty incredible to go through all of that. We also go into some of the practicalities of moving to a place like Costa Rica, the things you need to know, uh, visas, taxes, and, and et cetera. And I think most importantly, just diving into David's mindset around life and, and how you get to the place that you ultimately need to be in. It was very inspirational for me, an incredible conversation, just a lot of fun getting to know him and learning more about what they're doing at Rise and learning more about a wonderful place like Costa Rica. So I thoroughly enjoyed this and I really hope you do as well. Please help me in welcoming David to About Abroad. Awesome. Well, I'm just going to kick us off with that question about what whether you call it a community or or whatnot, and it sounds like that's going to take us down an interesting road. And then I imagine we'll we'll kind of circle back to your you know your personal story and all of that. So it'll all weave together. Great. Awesome. So yeah, you asked us whether what are we? Are we a community? Are we a ecosystem? Or or what is it that that we are? And what and it actually took a little bit of time to get that level of clarity uh, as we first started. And so what we narrowed down to and what helps us to execute so well now is we are a family focused community and really owning that. And and what does that mean to us? It's a family focused community that integrates homes, a Waldorf school that we started, a co-working facility for adults to run their businesses, a hospitality property called Kidkara that brings, you know, amazing programming right on on site and an organic farm because our community prioritizes healthy living and healthy eating. And so integrating those into one, what I would call dynamic ecosystem, that is the invitation. Like it's a way of life. It's a lifestyle that I think a lot of people are resonating with, particularly in this day and age. And it sounds like such a great, like wholesome place when you, you talk about the school aspect. And I think if I gather correctly, I would love to hear from your mouth directly if, if I'm incorrect, but it, it seems like you could, you can mention all these different elements of what rise is, you know, the school and the community center and the co-working and the beautiful land, the farm, but the school is kind of at the, at the center of it in a lot of yeah. ways. And that, and that family friendly atmosphere, is that correct to say? That is, it was, it, it was tough to like own it that, and, and, and as you're going into a project like 
this to think of your audience as being that narrow. Like there's some pressure around that when you want to expand it and, and, and cast a wide net. But uh, really what we found is that that's who we are and the, the school and our children are the, the drivers of, of the decision making as a, as a family and particularly around education and the environment that we would like to see for our, our for our children. And I know that most of the, the parents that I that, that I network with, they'll they'll move virtually anywhere to get that environment if it's achievable for them. And so to be to put the focus on that and then put in the pieces that also support support parents themselves and complete family living. Like that was what I told my friends when we, I was living in Southern California. I'd say, what do, what do we need to put in place for this to be an easy yes for you? And within a year after we moved here, five families with their kids that we knew who had no intentions of moving anywhere, much less out of the country, not only moved to Costa Rica, they moved right here where we are. And so from my daughter's point of view, we moved and all her friends moved to Costa Rica, you know, within a year. So that was the that was the invitation we were making. That sounds so dreamy. Like I'm, th- I'm picturing myself as like a teenager or something, thinking like, yeah, we moved to Costa Rica and I brought all my friends. Like you're like living on vacation in in a lot of ways from a kid's standpoint. And then you've, right. you know, you put it in this like incredible community where where that sounds like it's just like growing and and thriving. Uh, are the kids enjoying it? Your your kids in particular? They they love it. So I have a seven year old. We moved here when Kira was just turning five. It's interesting when you ask that question about a year into living here, or maybe not even a year. She hadn't turned six yet. I said, I said, sweetie, like, how do you enjoy living here? And I remember we were driving in the car, and she said, "This is where I live. This is my home. This oh, is man. where I belong." I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Did Your you heart's just literally just say that, like, almost six <laughs> Can years I, wait, old. Say it. Again. Again, that's perfect right. marketing like, material. Can I get a recording of that? <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. doesn't get any better. That's just how we practice, sweetie. That's amazing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that right. had to feel and so good. It did. It did. Because, you know, the most anxious moment for us in making this move here was when she was, uh, you know, just near five, four, and telling her that we were going to move because we knew how much she loved her Waldorf school. And when we told her, we were really anxious about it. And we told her and she initially like had a big smile on her face and then her face started to quiver and she started to cry. And she said, you know, what, what about school? And before I could even like stammer out some answer about, you know, big decision as a family. She said, wait, daddy, I have a great idea. Let's build a school in Costa Rica. (laughs) I can help because I go to a Waldorf school. And I said, oh my God, sweetie, that's exactly what we're going to (laughs) do. And uh, so it's been a really exciting move for us as a family. Well, I mean, Costa Rica obviously needs no justification for for why it's a place to move to. I think it's a, a world renowned destination, and and it offers so much from from a variety of different angles. You know, not least of which, obviously, is the the natural beauty and and climate and all of that. But um, I I would love to kind of back up a little bit. We've you know, I, I know a little bit about what rises. I don't know a lot about your personal story, how that came to be, other than what you just told me. So I would love to you know kind of go back to the beginning. Where did this idea come from? And and, uh, you know, did you choose Costa Rica? Did Costa Rica choose you? And, and what were the, the methodologies and thoughts that went into the, that process? 
Yeah, it's this is like a, a far cry from the life that I lived um, for most of my adult life. In my 20s, I worked on Wall Street for 10 years. Oh, my 30s, I worked in real estate development in New York City and loved that life. And then I met my wife and things changed a lot. <laughs> she sort of opened my eyes to, to a number of new things and and when I went to, we went to a festival together that we often go to called Burning Man in, in, out in Nevada. And this, I it ended up engaging a life coach that I met at Burning Man who just completely changed my world. And what he did is, is he opened me up to the idea that ultimate fulfillment from life does not come from the accumulation of things and stuff, but rather from service to others. And so as I actually, I mean, that sounds so simple, but I, I really didn't realize that um, back then. And so when I thought about how I could leverage my finance and real estate development background to the utmost service of others, that started to formulate this idea of a community that um, that makes family leave, living full of ease and joy. And so around that time, the freelancer model was really starting to gather a lot of momentum. And you could see that um, people were starting to work from home more, starting to work from different um, parts of the country. And so this was around 2014, 2015. And so I thought, well, that's probably going to end up being working from around the world because there's so much leverage for people and the opportunity to do that and have a better life if you're earning in one currency and, and spending in, a, in another, in a, in a less expensive part of the world you can incrementally or, or significantly increase the quality of your life. And so COVID just crystallized that in a way that, you know, I probably never could in a marketing pitch or any, or, or something like that. And, and so that's really when I tell people, when, when I think about business, you think about what are the highest leverage moves I can make? Like in the landscape of things that you can do, you want to try and identify the highest leverage ones. And so when I think about your, if you want to adjust your lifestyle and your family living, what are the highest leverage moves you can make? You can try and cut your budget for a thousand bucks here or something like that there. But really, moving to Costa Rica, to me, is the high leverage move. You get an increased quality of life and your expenses come down by 60 to 70 percent. Like what other where where else can that happen? You know, And so that's what what I see it for when I talk to families. I'm, I tell them it is a high, high leverage move for your lifestyle. That I think that quality of life thing is is somehow lost in this in this translation for a lot of people. And I say that because I think it's overshadowed by the cost of living. So people will often talk about moving to places where the cost of living goes down and therefore you're saving money. And then there's this like natural assumption that if that's the case, then you're going to be happier. But that circles back to the accumulation of things point that you brought up earlier that you learned from your, your coach from Burning Man, which I love. And hopefully we can get back to that because that's fantastic and a whole nother story in and of itself. But it comes back to that that point, right? Like it's not, it, it is like, sure. Saving money is a good thing and bringing your cost of living down. But if you're not enjoying a, and at least the similar quality of life, then you're going to recognize that. And there's a negative impact there. In this case, you're talking about a higher quality of living and a lower cost of living, which is a, uh, is a pretty amazing thing. So let's maybe pick that apart a little bit. Like what, what is it about a place like Costa Rica where you're actually improving the quality of life? 
Well, so you asked that earlier, like, did we choose Costa Rica or did Costa Rica choose us? And so we looked around the world. We looked at different places on where you could achieve this. Or was there a community that already was established doing this? And we couldn't find one. And when I sort of made a checklist of all the boxes that Costa Rica checked off compared to to others, it was a no-brainer. And some of those things were, you know, we're a family-focused com- community. There wants there wants to be safety, currency stability, political stability, warm weather, access to the United States, um, you know, abundant water to to grow. We like to grow a lot of things here. Low construction costs, um, low material costs, uh, abundant supply of labor, people who speak English as well. And so when I went down that list, like Costa Rica just checked off all the boxes. They've got a reputation for conservation and eco lifestyles. It just, it just all fit. It fell into place. And, and so that, that it just wasn't even close. Then the, the next closest one didn't, didn't check off nearly as many boxes. And so that's what, from a development standpoint, why it was attractive to me from a lifestyle perspective and coming from the intensity of Wall Street and real estate development. What it brings to me is it's this balance and peace. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a doer, a creator. I like that. It's a space I, I enjoy. And I've been in a rush my whole life. <laughs> and it <laughs> sure is nice to just be here. Like I'll just walk around the property in the middle of the day, you know, you, you know, just because it feels good to me. And so when I'm feeling good, my your thoughts are good, your energy is good, your frequency is good, however, however you want to describe it. And good things find you when you're feeling good. And that's how I've experienced life in general. And here it just is amplified because of the surroundings and how that encourages you to embrace that lifestyle. Like lots of people will come to Costa Rica for a retreat and then they get back in their environment. And I'm sure people, many would say, it's just so hard to hold that with all these influences around you that pull you away from that life that you really want. But if all those elements are contributing and supporting that life you want, it's just so much easier. And that's what I yeah, think. Yeah, I, 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 t- I totally find this is true for, for me as well. Like, um, I am also wired in a way that I do just like to, to go. Like, I'm, I move, I move at a quick pace and I, and I get, I feed off that energy and I don't mind working a lot, probably to my detriment some. And so in that environment, that hyper intensity environment, I will, I will get right in that boat and start rowing as fast as anybody as I possibly can. And, and that, you know, that feels natural to me. What also feels natural is when I go to a place like I've been living in Spain or spend, you know, if I've spent time in, in Costa Rica, for example, where, you know, there is a little more of that Pura Vida, like go slower mentality and it slows me down and it brings me to a better place. Like honestly, a better place, even if it feels a little bit unnatural at first, uh, it, it's a better better place for me and being forced to like pump the brakes a little bit right. has been a, a positive influence on my, on my life. You know, like I, I can, I can see how it's changed my mentality around, you know, the hustle culture and, and moving forward. And that doesn't mean that I've abandoned that side of me that wants to get things done and work hard, but it means that it's enhanced that side of me that recognizes that, oh, there's time to chill out and work isn't everything. And, you know, I got to enjoy these, these beautiful days in the, in the Costa Rican mountains or whatever it may be. So right. um, I really appreciate that now. 
Yeah, I, I, I hear that. And, and that forcing or encouraging you to embrace that side, like that's how I felt. It's also opened my eyes to, I'm kind of not as important as I thought I was in a lot of things. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, it, it still actually moves forward if I'm not the one pushing it. Like, like and uh, that's been a little bit of an eye opener for me. Um, like, oh, okay, I can release a little bit in there and, and, and it still works. You know, so <laughs> life yeah. will go on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and so, um, I'm really curious with with Costa Rica. Where exactly are is Rise located? And is that you know was there anything strategic in this specific location, or did you just stumble across something that, that fit the vision that you have? Um, I'd be curious to know about the like specific area. Yeah. So we are in a beautiful mountain valley called Perez Zeladon, and it's about three and a half hours south of San Jose. It has a, the fastest growing urban centers in the country called San Isidro de El General. But we're in like the foothills, about 20 minutes outside. So it feels like this natural oasis. And it was important. Like I intentionally chose that site after getting it wrong in my New York City haste. Once I, I <laughs> identified Costa Rica as the place. And, you know, what does the U.S. tell you? Be on the coast, be on the coast, be on the coast. And um, and so I put a property under contract there. And after a year, I'm, I realized I said, I'm never going to be able to get anybody to live here because I don't want to live here. <laughs> every, t- every time I come here, people say, oh, no, you got to come next month. I've said I've been here 10 times in a year. I don't like it. And uh, and what I what I didn't like about it was it was too hot and it was too humid. And it wasn't set up from my point of view for family living. I get why, you know, people have second or third homes or, you know, along the coast. But for me and what I wanted for our family was ease in family living. And that means sort of accessibility to the support services that you need and also community. So a lot of down here, there's it's very mountainous along the coast. And so you get a lot of people building homes that are hanging off the side of a cliff that have gorgeous views. And they're great if you're going to come visit there. But it's very isolating if you're living there full time. And so you have this sort of ivory tower. And I feel like eventually it gets lonely. And loneliness is not a recipe for long-term happiness at all. And so finding that balance for um, a beautiful place to live uh, that has the resources that you need for family living, having space and, and, and access to water and fresh organic food, those were the drivers for me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I I think like, obviously, I mean, I do think when people think of Costa Rica, they probably first thought as they go to the to the coastline, you know, on on either side of the country and, um, and think about, you know, surfing or beach life or whatever. But I I believe, you know, a lot of people probably also know that it is quite mountainous. And and there's some beautiful green, natural, jungly kind of uh, landscape in there that that's not to be missed as well. And so I don't know if do you think that's like a is that well known? Or do you find that people are surprised by that i think they're they're surprised by and you know the the rules in real estate 101 are like location 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 and in costa rica i say it's elevation 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 Um, (laughs) because where you are determines you know the mosquitoes and um and the humidity and the temperature and it's funny because not even a lot of costa ricans called ticos 
Like they're even surprised when they come to Parazelodon. They're like, we never knew this was here. And that's how I <laughs> felt when I randomly discovered it, which was amazing because it was through an act of service that this property just dropped in my lap, this gorgeous property. And I didn't know it was here. And when I I was like, what, what's the catch? This this is incredible. Like, like, look at all this land and this town, this place is growing. And I, I thought there was like some catch to it. We're an hour from the coast, so you can go day trips to the beach and not a big deal. But yeah, when I found this, I, I just thought it was this undiscovered gem. And, and it really has proven that to me. It's getting more and more discovered now. But even now, there's there's opportunities to land here at a much more reasonable price than than when you're on the coast. Yeah, there's a lot lot to be said for that. And that, that elevation, elevation, elevation thing really resonates with me as as so I enjoy the beach and I but I would also be one of those that like after a couple months of of baking on the beach in the humidity and fighting the mosquitoes, I'd be craving some some mountain life uh as well. So that's so cool to think. And I, for for people like you and I that are from like these massive countries, you know, like the US where you talk you talk about that like an hour. Like you're in the mountains and then an hour later you're sitting on some of the most beautiful beaches in the world. Like that's a that's a crazy thing and not to be overlooked as a as a perk to a place like Costa Rica as well. Right. There's just all kinds of flexibility. You know, we're in the, the foothills here, so it's very spacious and, and wide open. And as you said, you can be an hour to the beach or in 45 minutes, you can go to where you want to climb Mount Chiripo. And so <laughs> there's just a variety of, of, of ecosystems here that within not only driving distance, but, you know, if you go up to Guanacaste, it's like where we lived uh, outside San Diego. <laughs> when I took my wife there for the first time, she's like, what is this? This isn't, this is San Diego. It's brown, it's dry. Um, and there's just all different ecosystems. We like to go up there to the to the beaches um, to visit. Uh, and we have some friends up there. But for us, like being this climate, I, I don't know that there's another area within Costa Rica that I would do this project. Like I haven't found a climate or location that fits the bill the way this area does. What are the uh, like the people that are coming and and you know, spending time here at Rise, are they living there full time generally, or is it like a you know come and go second home kind of thing, or or how, what does the typical demographic look like? So it's full time for us. Uh, certainly on the coast, it's different, but for us, it's it's generally full time with mm-hmm. young kids, and we're drawing from Australia, Austria, UK, Finland, Netherlands, US, Canada, Costa Rica. So it's people really coming from around the world. And what I love, which really sort of fills my bucket up, is there's a lot of like entrepreneurs, business owners, just people who willing to like take inspired action as I call it for the life they want. And they're willing to make that move and they feel confident about it. It doesn't mean there might not be like some concerns or anxiety about, about these big moves, but they're willing to take that step. And, and on the flip side, so that really feeds me because I have high energy and I like to just create new things. And, and, (laughs) uh, and, but my wife is such a wonderful balance for me. She's more comfortable in spirit space. So she is attracted. Uh, you know, those families have women that are really aligned to some of the values and space that she holds in places that she feels most comfortable. So it's, uh, I do believe that we <laughs> attract, um, you know, what, what frequency and vibe that we're putting out. And, and to date, that's, that's been our experience. 
Man, it sounds like such a, a fun place. Like community is such a big part of this whole life abroad thing. And if there's anything, you know, I think there's two or three things that come to mind that most people who move abroad for any extended uh, amount of time struggle with. And and I think that lack of community can be one of them. I'm, I'm also often amazed at how people are able to find their tribe when they, you know, once they venture abroad, sometimes that can be like a catalyst for building connections with people. Um, because you suddenly have something so strong in in common, but I think you know fostering that, creating that from from the get go. I mean, that's kind of at the heart of what you're doing, providing this space where people can come and build community, but live in a place that more aligns with them in whatever way that might be. Some of the things we already touched on, and and just kind of having all that baked into to one package deal, uh, I imagine has to be extremely attractive to to families that are already considering this move, and then they're saying, oh look, it's it's right there. It's in Costa Rica. Right. It's it. It's up there in the mountains. It's all laid out there for us. School, co-working, co. Uh, you know, a center to, to do activities and the food. And I mean, it's uh, it, it's checking all the boxes for those people. Do you kind of find that's what what people are saying? That's what's attracting them. Yes, and 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 it's also de-risking it, right? So yeah, if you yeah. if you think about like it being a big move, everybody embraces change in a different way. Some are like me; I'm perfectly comfortable. We go here, okay. We're going to go over there. That's fine. You know, I'll, I'll adapt and and uh, and so. But you know, everyone is different on that scale, and so they're going to perceive risk in in a different way. And so the more that those pieces are not only like in place, but actively functioning. So we have Kinkara, which is our um, retreat property. It also our buyers come and they stay there and they can put their kids in the school and try it out for a week and see how and how how their kids enjoy that environment. They can eat meals with us. They can like they can take it for a test drive is, is basically <laughs> what they can do and drive around. And I always encourage this initially um, of our salespeople was like, oh, don't don't have them go to those other the other you know communities. And I said, no, I want them to go to every community and find the one that feels best to them. And if it's us, that's great. If it's somewhere else, that's that's fine too. And uh, and so that's what I feel like people can do is they can de-risk their move. It becomes more predictable. And that's a big response. I feel a big responsibility around that because these are families moving permanently with their kids. They're making a big step. And so the more that we can embrace them and support, we have like a relocation program where we literally interview them and all ask them all these questions so we can support their move in the optimal way. And I've done that with my family. I've helped five families that I know do that like and more. So we can really support that. And so that families can make the best decisions for themselves. We'll be right back to the show after a quick break for a note from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by my good friends over at Greenback Tax. As an American citizen, I'm from one of only two countries in the entire world that requires I pay taxes on my global income, regardless of which country I'm actually living in. So when I started my expat journey back in 2015, I knew my tax situation was about to get complicated. Fortunately, I discovered Greenback and I've never looked back. Greenback is 100% focused on helping U.S. expats with their tax situation. And to date, they've filed almost 50,000 returns for nearly 15,000 happy customers from more than 200 
100 different countries. After seven years working together, I can say with confidence that they make one of the most painful parts of life abroad an absolute breeze with their automated systems, friendly advisors, and expertise in the very specific niche of U.S. expat taxes. Also, for those of you who may have fallen behind on your taxes and or you're trying to get ahead of tax season in 2023, Greenback has your back here as well. They can assist with late filings to ensure you don't encounter any problems with the IRS and to make sure you start 2023 off right. Tax season is on the horizon. Learn more about Greenback today by going to greenbacktaxservices.com via the link in the show notes. If you've made it this far into the episode and you're still enjoying yourself, then I would love to ask a quick favor. Open up the app that you're using to listen to this podcast and leave a quick review. You can do this in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and really just about any platform that allows podcast listening now. If you can't find that in the interface of the app, then scroll down in the show notes and find ratethispodcast.com slash aboutabroad, and you should be able to leave it from there. Thanks so much, guys. We really appreciate it and hope you enjoy the rest of the show. kind of follow-up questions that are sort of united. Um, one, I guess, what are the main, like the, when you talk about de-risking, like what are some of the risks that people perceive that you found that are, uh, you know, whether that pertains strictly to Costa Rica or in particularly to Costa Rica or just, just in general. And then two, kind of like as piggybacking off of that, what, what advice or what um, kind of bullet points are you pointing out to them to be aware of uh, in the process, particularly with coming to Costa Rica? So I think the biggest is the unknown. And so th- that that's a big fear that people have. What if it doesn't work out and and my children are not happy or we're not happy? And so that's why I always encourage them to come here and feel it. And whether it's for a week or a month and to, and to try it out first. And then people, it brings up the question for some, how can I make a living there? Like that's a legitimate question. Maybe th- they could be virtual professionals or own their own businesses, but that's, you know, how are they going to, maybe they need a lot less money, but they need to make something. And so another thing that I encourage them to, for some to think about is maybe you want to try something completely new. And that was a little bit about why I I mentioned earlier, this kombucha business, a beverage company that I started here on the property. And that was partially because I just wanted a better beverage choice in Costa Rica. And to me, (laughs) if it's not there, you just create it. And also it was a demonstration of like, of you can build something in this country that is, can be really successful. And the barrier um, is lower than it is in the United States, at least in my experience. In the United States, it feels like you got to hit, you know, if there's five really critical points, you got to hit either five out of five or four out of five, right? (laughs) Great product, great management, uh, plenty of capital, amazing marketing. But here, there's there's less competition, everything, it's less intense. And so if you've come from that hyper-competitive environment, you could start a business here and and, and it can flourish. And it doesn't even have to make uh, as much money as, as as it would in the United States for you to be really happy. I mean, kombucha in a couple of years has now become a multi-million dollar business. We distribute nationally. We're about to distribute internationally. It's become an enormous business. This was something that I started on the side out of a 55-gallon stainless steel drum in a 10 by 10 room and um, because we wanted to drink kombucha. And now, it, and there are plenty of those opportunities. When I look around this valley in this country, all I see is like, that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity. Somebody could just step in here and really do well if they, if they you know, if they wanted to try something new. Yeah. 
This, this is such a cool aspect, David, of this whole like uh, this movement towards people embracing global mobility and, and trying to live in different places is what you can bring in terms of like new expectations and, and um, talents and skills to a, to a place like kombucha is a phenomenal example. I could have never made that up. Um, <laughs> that's so cool that you've turned this into a multimillion dollar business because you had a, you know, you had a different vantage point. Like you'd tasted kombucha before you, it was, it was something that was important to you. It wasn't there. So you created in this new area and look at like what that does for like the local economy for you know providing jobs um obviously yeah. for you and just like the I, I think like the disbursement of these ideas and from an economic standpoint but also just like what it does to the culture of a place is really exciting and i think you know when i when i started this podcast one of the goals i guess i had in mind was like to not just talk about the the remote work aspect which is you know i live in that space a lot and i think it's really important and cool what that's doing but also like there's a million ways to build a life abroad and to and i've met people from all around the world who have moved to a place and figured it out and a lot of times it's by using something some skill or some mindset that they had from back home and transplanting that in in a slightly different way in their new home and finding the way that that works out and i just it's really fun to watch you're you're a hundred percent right about that. I couldn't agree with you more that some you don't many people don't know what they actually know that can do really well in a different environment and 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 what you're bringing that information and and tuning into look what what have I learned from my life experience in a different country that could be valuable here and it doesn't even need to be hyper complicated like I mentioned opportunities. In, in this valley, it's a pain in the butt for me to get my car washed. If, if I had more time, I'd start a car wash business here. It's like an automated, and I don't understand that because it's you know $3 an hour for workers or less. And why does it take an hour and a half? I can't get my car washed in a place where people like to get their car washed. And um, and so it could be something as simple as that. And uh, you're right that you almost hit it on exactly what I, what I tell people. I said, look around you where you are. What's a business that you think is doing really well that you also feel passionate about and just look at it and you may find that if you come here that's not how it's being done or or you can improve upon it it doesn't have to be like some brand new necessarily idea it could be just an improvement on on that you've seen in your current environment that's not deployed here and um, i agree with you 100 percent on that that knowledge being valuable and sometimes people aren't aware of it but it is yeah yeah, absolutely. I've got some of my favorite like success stories of, of people going abroad are these these ideas where like they've uh, like someone that comes to mind is is uh, Kristen Wilson who uh, is like kind of known as like traveling with Kristen. She's a big time travel blogger and vlogger and things like that, and she uh, and podcaster amongst other things. And she um, but she moved to Costa Rica. Actually, it was like her first dip in the dipping the toe in the water of of living abroad, and she just like fell into real estate like relocation basically there like and eventually became like like a real estate agent, a relocation expert. It spun off into all these different flows of uh, cash flows for her. And it became like a thriving, lucrative business that uh, that propelled her into where she is today. So, I mean, it was literally just like serving, like she was speaking in English. She was serving clients who were trying to come down there. 
And, um, and it was like, I think what, what's so inspiring about it is that it's, is that it's not that inspiring, right? Like it's not rocket science. She was like, right. People don't know the neighborhood. Like they don't know Costa Rica. I just, Oh yeah, this place is nice for this. This place is nice for that. Like I've, you know, I've been here for a few months. I kind of know my way around. Um, and, and it's just, it's just crazy. I think we overthink it sometimes. Like it doesn't have right. to be as complicated as, as we might think that it is. And, and certainly not just because you're going to a foreign place, perhaps going to that foreign place can actually be the, the key to unlocking that success. Right. That's true. It can be the key. And um, I think when, when if you're surrounded by others who are interested in that kind of thing and interested in creating and um, and are and are good at it, um, it, it just creates a synergy. I sometimes call it's like a, a community synergy engine where where <laughs> you have these these resources within your community in the adults and parents that, that are there and the kids. <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> um, to to really just to create and and do all kinds of fun things and that's when I talked about like the environment for our children like I love that my daughter sees her dad doing lifelong learning trying stuff new stuff if it doesn't exist create it gathering like friends and other people around to support and do that like that's the environment that I want my child to 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 live in as the default world that they're that they are of a limitless capacity. They're born with that. It's one of the things that I that I love about uh, Waldorf style education is that they're not just there to teach skills, they grow capacity. And if we can just not smother our children's limitless capacity that they're built with it, born with, but it, in, in, instead like enhance and support it as they come into adulthood, like then the world is open to them. And that's what they, and more importantly, they'll believe that that's their default world. And that feels incredibly exciting for me as an as a parent and a community member to just nurture that environment for the kiddos and and just watch what emerges. It's just so beautiful to see. Oh, I can imagine from the parent standpoint, there has to be like nothing more gratifying in uniting in its own, like kind of something that the community can unite around uh, in and of itself is, is uh, watching the kids get to have that experience. And actually, could you elaborate? Like, I'm not very familiar with a lot of the diff- the depths of the different schooling types. Um, mm. I know the name Waldorf, but like, could you just in a few sentences or a few bullet points kind of outline like how that differentiates uh, what, what from, I guess, from other schooling systems? Right. So Waldorf is a, a educational um, philosophy based on the teachings of, of Rudolf Steiner. And my dad, thank goodness, he discovered it in the 70s when I was young and he moved our family and enrolled us in the second Waldorf school in the country called Kimberton Waldorf School in, in Pennsylvania. And what Waldorf really does is try is educate the whole child. And what I mean by that is their emotional body, their physical body, their intellectual body, their spiritual body, and all of these pieces, and particularly critical in the first seven years, where the emphasis is on creative play, imagination. They're not pushing children to read by a certain age and do math by a certain age. All of their play is just brings that into the into the environment. And so they will read and write when they're ready. Um, I know my dad said, he's like, you just basically learn to read on your own. And I've noticed that with 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 Kira, my seven year old as well. So you just 
hold this amazing space for them that allows them to pursue um, the things that uh, feel most passionate, but within a structure, there's still boundary to it. And another really important component of it is this emotional um, emotional intelligence, um, having children and teaching and guiding them around how, how their emotions, how they're feeling emotionally. And that to me is the biggest difference. But when I see children at, at our school here, they hug each other. They tell each other how much they love them. They're empathetic when, when someone is feeling down or hurt, or they just even sense it. And, that's just the norm here. And it's so beautiful and wonderful. And, and I, I am a believer that that emotional intelligence is so critical in your adult life, in your relationships and business. Like I think emotional intelligence is a highly undervalued and underappreciated, <laughs> but it's absolutely critical um, in, in the adult world. And, and, and it's a, it's a super skill. And, and I think that the more that we can, remember we did this with Kira when she was like two years old, teaching her about her uh, emotions and, and it's just really important. And so, and Waldorf et- emphasizes a lot of that creativity, energy, you know, and also um, gives them the skills that they need to move forward in life. Oh, I love it. Sounds uh, pretty dreamy for, for the kids. And it sounds like the the types of people that are coming there are also embracing that uh, school system for the for them. Are they typically like families that are coming from a Waldorf background also, or are some of them attempting to try this for the first time? I guess maybe another way to ask that is like, is that is that a key part of the of the reason why you would choose to come live at Rise or or sort of a, a side dish to the main dish? It, it is the main dish and yeah. the school, I, I tell people it's an attractor and a filter. So mm-hmm. I often get questions about people saying, well, how are you going to exclude the people, you know, families that, that don't fit the community that you want? And and I said, we're not going to exclude, we're going to attract. And yeah. that's exactly what's happened. And the school is a major part of that, because if you're somebody, a family that really embraces a, a more traditional mainstream educational model, you're, you're probably going to be uncomfortable with, with some of the freedoms of and and teachings in 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 Waldorf and so it brings a certain type of a family and that they may come Montessori is, is sort of in that line. So there's, there's a, a, just a, I'd say a, a certain worldview that I think a lot of these family members have or, and around child rearing and that, it, that runs through all of them. And I would say that another part of that, just to put it more bluntly is a reverence for our role as parents. And I mean that like the intentionality, the focus, the commitment, Man, like that, that absolutely runs through the community here. And, um, and, and I feel very strongly about that as well. And the, the thing is, is that the environment here allows for that. So I, I don't mean to like condemn parents who like both of them are working and they're all day at work just trying to survive. Like, and so you can understand that they have, they're forced into certain decisions, but here you get that ease that I was talking about and you get choice. 
And I'm sure every parent would would want to say, yeah, I want to I want to be all in on parenting and and be there for every moment for my child. But their life environment just may not allow for that. And so that's what I feel like we can offer or like Costa Rica and this community offers is you can make that choice for yourself and um, and not have all the pressures of at least what I feel like a lot of people in the United States feel, especially around finances. Yeah. Have you done the, uh, I don't, I don't always like to like go too deep on uh, the financial aspects because I know it, it can vary for everyone. You can, you can live like a, a king in some places, but you can also spend your fortune in that same place, depending on how you want to live your life. But have you ever done like the, the kind of mental math, like I'm living for about 50% less than I was there. And like you were coming from Southern California. That's a, that's a pricey place to, uh, to right. come from, you know, does that, uh, have you, have you ever done that mental math? Absolutely. I've done, I've done that actual math, <laughs> the real math. <laughs> um, so yeah. And for us, it's about, um, 65% reduction in, in wow. our cost of living. And I wouldn't say that we, we were living in Encinitas, California, which is a wonderful place to live. People are like, I can't believe you're crazy to, to leave here. It, you know, it's beautiful. It's on the coast. It hardly ever rains, which means though, there's not a whole lot of nature there. And, um, and, but I didn't, we weren't living lavishly, um, but just because of the place where we chose to live, I'd say like our experience, Expenses were, you know, I don't know, thirteen to fifteen thousand dollars a month. Um, yeah. After tax money, and that that's not living crazy, you know. That's and so here you definitely can live nicely for very like very comfortably for under five thousand dollars a month for sure. Yeah. And and that means like you can have the support you need. Like if if it's if you you know one of the things that's important to us is uh, is having food prepared by others and uh because it opens up so much time in terms of shopping, preparing, cleaning, mm. and also keeps you on the uh, a healthier diet because they're preparing amazing food that's that that costs next to nothing and um and it's all there for you and and that's an important part of the community like at the common house that we'll be building there is I like to I like to commune and relate with people around a meal and yeah. especially if I don't have to like clean up after it and and it tastes amazing and is healthy for me and so that's really uh, available for people who live here. And you guys are growing a lot of the food there, like like on the property, correct? Yes, we we do we do less now than we did pre-COVID. So part of how this one of the elements that kickstarted the awareness of this project was we did this enormous mandala garden at Kinkara, our retreat center. And I, you know, I did I had the, a drone fly over it while I was under construction, and I posted on my Facebook page like I don't know five years ago. And I had 200 followers and it went viral and it went about like 20 million views. And the power of the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we have this enormous mandala garden and we were growing all of the food in, in that garden. And then COVID sort of hit and uh, and all, then we had to close Kinkara. So we didn't have guests that could, that we we're going to eat all that food. And, you know, we would compost that with the black soldier flies and their larvae would compost it. And that went to the chickens, the larvae. So we had these bright orange, you know, eggs. And so the ecosystem kind of broke down a little bit during COVID, but, you know, mm. it's, we've got plenty of room. We have 800 acres here and to, to make it uh, just as big again. 
How many people do you anticipate? Uh, like, I don't know if it's at full capacity. I, I gather not, but like, you're like, what's the vision for the this 800 acres? Is is there going to be? Is it going to be a little city? Is it going to you know be a, a rural community? Where do you where do you see the future so, of Rise going? The, f- the first phase that we just launched a couple months ago is there's 54 lots, so and they're little over an acre each. So that's the first phase. The second phase is uh, right near it is another 35. After we get there, I think we'll take a pause. Um, you know, we have permits to do a whole bunch of other stuff, even a wellness resort and and residences on the other side of the property and, and 800 acres is big. So like when I say the other side, it's like a 10 minute drive. <laughs> so yeah. um, It's a good way to it, way. 800 right. acres is no little lot. So that's a, that's a good bit of land. <laughs> right. So um, I, I, I often tell people when we get to that, the phase one and phase two done, I want my job to solely be to, you know, we have an airstrip on our property. And so we often fly right in and, and it's a grass airstrip. And I said, I'm just going to be like Forrest Gump and my job's going to be to just <laughs> mow the airstrip and hang out with my family and friends. <laughs> it sounds like a pretty sweet life to uh, to live. I, I don't blame you for that. Um, I, I wanted to ask you something earlier. We never got back to it, but kind of has to do with like the whole relocation stuff and mm-hmm. le- less fun, less sexy to talk about than, than some yeah. of the things we've covered here. But I think can be important. Any any um, just general feedback you have for families, you know, what you've seen helping other families relocating, relocating yourself in terms of visas, taxes, um, you know, just practicalities that that come to mind that might be worth people digging into. You don't need to go too deep on any of them, but if you have any bullet points, it would be really helpful to share. Right. So um, there's plenty of ways to get a visa here. Um, You can get it by buying property worth $200,000. You can get it by demonstrating $2,500 a month in income um, or by just depositing six Sixty thousand dollars into a Costa Rica bank. So getting getting a res getting residency here is is not difficult. It'll take a little time, but you don't have to leave. You know, as you're going through that process, I mm. think that you know for for people buying land, definitely um, getting an attorney is uh, if you're if you're just buying outside of a community or something is important because there are things that you might not know, like. Like there may not be any internet <laughs> where you are and there might not be water and you can't just take water. Like you can't take it from the ground um, without a permit. And so there's there's regulatory and thing items that you wouldn't necessarily expect in, in your home country that, that would be important to know here. Like a lot of people looking like, oh my gosh, I just bought the hundred acres of forest. Great, you can't do anything with that because you can't cut down the trees. And like, <laughs> um, you know, unless you get a tree survey, which literally means documenting every single tree on the property and then getting a, a, tree, a forestry engineer, and then you could cut down maybe 10%. So there's there's things that come up along on, along that, that, that I just feel like people need to, you know, be careful and do their due diligence, particularly around water and electricity. Um, but the visa process, the residency process is, is easy. The ownership process, I've bought a property in less than 30 days from identifying it and 
closing on it. So it's not difficult here. Um, and you asked about taxes, at least for the United States people, uh, there's the foreign earned income tax credit, which means that if you live in, let's say, Costa Rica permanently, the first $110,000 of your income is tax free. And in the United States, like from the United States, it's because they tax you around the world. And if you're a couple, it's 220000 So even so, if you're living in Costa Rica, and let's say you're a consultant and your client is in the United States and he pays you in your U- US bank account, that still counts as foreign earned income. And so that's a huge benefit to have up to $220,000 of tax free income. And uh, um, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't suck. Um, I, right. I've uh, <laughs> I had someone reference that one time in in this really wonderful way. I thought he said uh, something along the lines of like basically, you know, I save around you know thirty thousand dollars a year in taxes, so that's my travel money. So he goes, I'm basically being paid to travel the world, and I you know I spend two three thousand dollars a month on on travel, and uh, it's that instead of taxes, I'm funding my travels. And I was like, man, when you put it that way. That that income, the foreign earned income tax exclusion, just really got even nicer. <laughs> yeah, doesn't that doesn't that sound great? Or yeah. maybe it's like you hire a extra management person to help you, your business so that you can take more time off. You know? Or yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> that's to me like these are all choice, choice, choice. The options to craft, you know, the life that you really want. And um, it, the thing is, is like, it really shouldn't be that hard because for me, like the priorities are are, are not, they're not that many, you know, you want uh, healthy food, you want a, a safe and wonderful environment for your kids. You want a place to be able to pursue your passion, you know, and purpose in, in, in your life. And you'd like to have friends around. And um, like, why is that so hard <laughs> to achieve? It shouldn't be. And, and especially if there's another element there that I think a lot of people crave, which is a bit of adventure, right? And and yeah. when you get something like this, where you have it all wrapped up into one, I mean, the adventure of living in a place like Costa Rica and getting that community feel, you're around like-minded people where you can communicate and you have things you connect around and all the things that you talked about, but then also throwing in this, this need that many of us, and certainly the type of people that are listening to this and and I think that you and I both have is this like need to go out and explore and adventure and be challenged a little bit in the day to day and and you get that as well and I think that's such a cool element to this this concept that you build is that it, it really does give you all those things because I know some people that are living really fulfilling lives in those other elements but they're a little bit bored right. they're home they're right. kind of going through the same they're living in suburbia and and commuting to their job an office every day and they're looking at you in Costa Rica going and man, I, that's where I go to vacation seven days out of the year. And I want to be living there full time, but I can't because of X, Y, Z reason. And presenting them with that opportunity, I think is just, it's, it's really, really exciting because it's becoming more accessible to people. And um, it's just cool to see that that supply and demand coming together here at this equilibrium of like where people can have have it all. Yeah, that's exactly, <laughs> that's what, um, when you say have it all, I, that's exactly what I say. And so, and you mentioned it there that people say like, I can't do this for X, Y, Z reasons. You can, you can, yeah. like, like I, I, there's been hardly anybody I say, what, are, what's holding you back? Let's just go right into that. And is that real or is it imagined? Is it around a scarcity mindset? You know, what's, what is that? Because I'm telling you, you can. 
and and I just think you can have it all. I I think about we were just doing some marketing for the ideas for for kombucha, and that's one of the things that I told the the, the team, the the creative team. I said that's what I feel about this kombucha. You can have it all. It's refreshing. <laughs> it tastes amazing. It's ice cold. It's bubbly. It's good for you. It doesn't taste like vinegar. It's not too sweet. It's literally amazing. And and um and so that's I, I want to like have that confidence in our marketing and we've had it from day one but now as we're maturing as a company you know sometimes you start to get more conservative and move away from the thing that got you you know we have a very bold design in our cans and um you know our marketing was early on was was uh <laughs> it pushed the boundaries but people loved us for it and so um uh, that that's how i feel not only about life here about uh, you know our businesses here like you can have it all like it's not just a it's not just a dream pipe dream yeah yeah it's it's accessible and um and i think getting over those the those uh, they're they're really excuses and i don't mean it in a negative sense like they can be real or valid excuses that still be excuses but there's a lot of people who just won't question the excuse the first excuse that comes to their mind honestly i think so often it's it's a you know a problem that you're you're trying to solve here which is what do i do for my children you know i want them to have their their routine their school system education um their community i don't want to rob them of that um even if i you know, responsible adult crave this adventure, crave this better quality of life. Um, you know, I'm kind of stuck in this rat race because I need to do it for the kids. And and so that's what I think is so exciting about this, this concept, what you're doing at Rise and what some other people around the world are doing in this space is making it accessible uh, for, for families and, and perpetuating that idea that, you know, there's more to life than just getting caught in that hamster wheel. And I yeah. think that's, that's what it's doing. It's planting those seeds. Yeah. I mean, you brought up the kiddos, like, even as you were saying that I was like, this may be for some other episode, I, I want to go, all right, let's really lean into that one. Right. Yeah. That one probably <laughs> feels like big for parents. And where is that coming from? Like, what, what is the fear? Like, is the fear, oh my gosh, my child is going to uh, at 18 years old, not have learned anything because I brought them out into the middle of nowhere. And now they're going to have an awful life or something like that. Like I, at another time, I'd love to dive into that because <laughs> I have with other parents and uncover the the huge amount of potential and the limiting beliefs around that. And um, because that that's that's a big one for parents. And um, if you can get them over that, and especially when they see other families embracing that, like it's um, it's a big one. But that's that's one that can be overcome. Um, you know, just by putting a little attention on on where that real fear is. Oh yeah. I have zero doubt. We could, uh, we could go far down that rabbit trail and, uh, and I'd keep you here for a four hour Joe Rogan style podcast. Um, I, I won't do that. I know I have a limited amount of time with you. So, um, you've already been really generous, uh, with that time. So I'm, I will, uh, I will, I will let you get out of here and, um, and we can perhaps, uh, even go deeper on that, but I, w I would love to maybe kind of wrap up with that and, and share just if you could, you know, you're maybe not elevator pitch, because it sounds like you're trying to sell it, but it, I think it just naturally exudes from you a little bit of uh, passion on this subject. You, know, what do you tell people? Because for sure you've had that conversation. You know, I can't do this because I have kids, or, or you know, the, the general excuse that you might hear. What is it that you that you tell them, um, and and how does it relate to your experience? I guess specifically, I think it, it, it depends a lot.
lot on their on what their what the limiting belief is that they have around it. And um, so it's hard for me to say this is a blanket answer. I'd say the very first thing for me, it starts is by listening, like really, really listening to to what they're the, the resistance that they're feeling. And where is that coming from? Acknowledging it, like poking at it <laughs> and then and then like opening up and say, can I share like a, a, another scenario? And um, and it, it might be one from my own life, like my, my life is. Um, you know, mutated, you know, from different careers to different locations of living. I've lived in San Francisco and New York City and Miami and Grand Cayman and and uh, San Diego and now Costa Rica. And and just trying to um, acknowledge the fear in them and, and, and that they're feeling and then like provide a, a path where they can start they can start a foundation, I guess I would say, to start to feel more and more comfortable about it and to build off that. And and um, yeah, that's that's usually where where I would start by talking to them. The other thing that that some families they say, can I talk to some of the families that already moved here? And and they end up having these conversations like, oh my gosh, they're just like me. <laughs> they had the same, some of them the exact same fears, you know. And so it doesn't it feel great when you're talking to someone who had like literally maybe the exact same fear that you did, and they said, yeah, we did this, this, and that, and now we're here. And my gosh, it's like the weight of the world just came off of us. And, and I think it's only natural for to feel more comforted um, when you can talk to other families. And it's not just David Comfort, you know, uh, as the developer trying to tell you that, like we try and put families in touch with each other so that they can so that they can feel really good about it. Yeah, I, f- I find there are, there are two things that really stood out to me there. It's like, I, I tend, I think we tend to imagine that life is really linear and you're just on this continuous upward path to some imaginary point of what we perceive life is supposed to be. So you just, you know, it's sequential, you follow step A, B, C, D, and you'll eventually arrive there. And then I think we also undervalue that we learn a lot, whatever path you take, you end up learning a lot along the way that pays dividends down the road in another chapter. So, yeah. I mean, you, you know, someone could have said, probably did say to you when you left your your finance career on Wall Street and went to real estate development like you know what are you doing you're you're backtracking that's okay and like you, you know yeah. you learned you learned a lot in that finance world that paid dividends in the real estate world and then you left the real estate world and you move across the country and then you move to Costa Rica and you all these things someone might call it backtracking they might say you know you're steering off the path but you've taken so much with you along the way that look how it's all culminated for you right now you're you're using all those experiences experiences in this new chapter of life and living more fulfilled because of it. So I don't think we lose as much as we think we do when we right. take those quote unquote, you know, sidesteps or sidetracks. So right. I hope, and I th- I hope that's the- something we all... Oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, that though, I love the way you put that. Like, if you if you're thinking about it as life is this linear line, then you could understand wh- why the the step backs might feel like I'm I'm off the path of where I'm supposed to go. But that isn't at least from my my point of view and my life experience. Like life weaves, and 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 it's much more fun when you're just in that flow, moving back and forth. For me, always realizing no matter what state, this is. T- temporary. 
(laughs) It might be temporary for like six hours or five years or so, but it's temporary. Like there's going to be change and, and, you know, and it could get like more challenging or more easeful. And I, for me, like the more I hold the more easeful path, that's usually what shows up. Uh, It's usually when I'm in the resistance place that (laughs) the chopping, you know, I get into this chopping through mode, but you're right. Like if you can let go of the linear, I'm trying to get to a certain place and then I'm done and, and be more in the place of right here is the most important moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll just, it'll just guide. Like, it, I, I feel like it's a better guide for how you navigate one's life. Yeah. 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 I think the, the road less traveled is a lot more scenic and, and enjoyable than the the interstate yeah. and the, the expressway. Right. And like, I, <laughs> I find that that's something that a lot of people can connect with is, is just enjoying the journey a little bit more than thinking about, you know, speeding to the, to the finish line. Um, right. and you know, it certainly seems like you are embracing that. So, um, man, David, I, I enjoyed this so much. Um, I know I kept you longer than I said I would, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go. Um, but, but thank you so much for the the time, for sharing your experiences and, um, and I'm going to be watching rise a lot uh, more closely now and, and hopefully for lots of success, it, it seems inevitable. Um, where can people follow along, learn more, any links that you want to mention? We'll also place these in the in the show notes. Great. Yeah. The, the You can learn more about Rise at risecostarica.com. <laughs> and that has everything about the community, master plans, 360 degree views of every lot and everything there. And then um, the retreat um, uh, center that's on property is called Kinkara, K-I-N-K-A-R-A. And from there, you can uh, come visit, come stay on the property, um, attend uh, retreats. And if you love kombucha and you're here, just go to virtually any store. <laughs> and you'll see it. Uh, we've got a crazy fun logo and and, and fun and, and great cans and you can't miss it. And, uh, and if you want to come, we brew it right here on the property. <laughs> like, That's uh, so cool. Now we've got these enormous stainless steel tanks all over and but uh but if you want to come visit and give you a tour there but that's that's really what it is and i hope um this has been helpful to to people and um and if they'd love to come and visit please we'd, we'd love to have you fantastic um i love the the kombucha thing just like throws like an, uh, an extra cherry on top like why not yeah we're doing kombucha too so um, i'm so happy you shared that part of the the story and the journey um thanks again david i, I appreciate it this was a lot of fun for me and uh i hope we'll uh, let's let's stay in touch all right sounds good chase take care Thanks for tuning in today from wherever you are in the world. Once again, I'm Chase, and this has been another episode of About Abroad. For those of you wondering how you can best support the show, I have made it super simple for you. Just go over to the show notes of the episode that you just finished listening to and click on one of the two following links. Aboutabroad.com slash newsletter to get our monthly newsletter. No spam, guaranteed. Or ratethispodcast.com slash aboutabroad, where you can quickly and easily leave a review for the show. It's not just important to me. It also helps more wanderers just like you find us. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And we will see you again next week. Thanks again. Hasta luego, amigos.